Hi, hello, and welcome to Your Takes or Poop. I am May from the internet, and I am here with my best friend in the whole fucking world. That's right, it's Mr. Neo. Hello, Neo. Yeah, it's me, Neo. Hi, Neo. What are your pronouns? uh, uh, He, him, uh... Presumably. <laughs> Presumably. Okay, we'll get there. Anyway, so welcome to Your Takes or Excrement. Uh, this is a podcast that we do weekly. Mm. Weekly. And, and so, yeah. Once weekly. A week. Fucking weekly, man. That's a lot. I know. So, uh, when last we left off, we were talking about Alejandro Jodorowsky's seminal work, The Holy Mountain, which is like the psychedelic movie. And we kind of determined at that time that it would take a couple of episodes to talk about it because just describing what happens in the movie was going to take a whole episode. Yeah. So we just knew that. So so last episode we pretty much did the whole thing just like plot beat for plot beat. But now that we've kind of done that we can talk a little bit more broadly about the movie uh what <laughs> what it means to us and uh how how our thinking about it has maybe adapted over time, I think mm-hmm. would be right. helpful. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I think uh, first off, Neo. Yeah. Can you give a shout to our little sponsors? Yeah. We're sponsored by Machine Age Productions RPG, hashtag iHunt, and the YouTube uh, short series, Blood, uh, Thing. Blood Thing. Thank you for sponsoring us. We'll we'll do a longer ad read halfway through. We yeah. just wanted to shout y'all out before we got into it. Well, so now's the part in the podcast. Well, because we haven't really gotten into it yet, I can I can do a little tiny bit of banter. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Okay. Well, in, in announcement news, I do want to mention to everybody at home that I was in a movie called "We're All Going to the World's Fair," uh, and the big huge news here is that the movie is going to be on HBO. Yeah, and it's also going to be in. Uh, theatrical wide release theatrically in like in april so hell yeah go fucking see the movie yeah and go check it out on hbo it's good i'm in it yeah uh, i'm fucking in it yeah it was so anxiety inducing i had a panic attack watching it and had to run <laughs> from the theater uh yeah. you'll love it <laughs> uh no it was real good it's a movie it's a movie for people who live on the internet like it very like, much like is. me we should do a podcast about it and see if we can get Jane on. Ooh, that'd be cool. I bet we could. I bet we could. Hey, yeah. hey everybody, uh, tweet at Jane Schroburn, and I think that's how you pronounce her last name, uh, and, and see if she'll come on our podcast and talk about our movie that we're that I was in. That would be fucking awesome. People would love that. Hell yeah. Anyway, okay. So uh, on Your Take is Excrement today, we are going to simply be talking about The Holy Mountain. So to, I want to do just like the briefest, maybe let's call it five to ten minute recap of uh-huh. what the fuck The Holy Mountain is for the people that are just joining us. Okay. Well, if you're just joining us, go back and watch the first episode where we we, we talked about it in depth. So if you haven't seen it, you'll, you'll know what we're talking about this episode. But basically, it's the story of a character who... At certain points in the film, so it's represent Jesus, but in other parts, not really. Uh, who's called the thief? Um, he uh, runs around and finds out how shitty the world is, um, and how everyone wants to consume him for their own selfish capitalistic desires. Um, so then he, in pursuit of gold, ascends the tower to find this alchemist. Who teaches him how to make gold and then teaches him about life and like takes him on as his apprentice. Um, he, the alchemist then shows the thief who his companions to enlightenment are going to be. It's all of the oligarchs who basically rule the world. Um, and then all of the oligarchs and Jodorowsky's character, the alchemist and the thief all set off to ascend to the Holy mountain and search for immortality. Um, and so then they uh, climb the Holy Mountain, they get there, and then they find out that the people who are who are at the top, who they're supposed to like replace, are just mannequins. And then they and then the alchemist tells them that you don't need immortality because you've like uh, you've obtained reality, you like come to grasp with reality. So immortality doesn't really matter. And like trying to not die is foolish. And so, uh, and then he looks at the camera and tells you 
the audience to return to reality. And then the camera zooms out, it, revealing a film set. <laughs> the funny thing is, when you put it like that, it, it is a remarkably simple film. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's way simpler when you just say it like that. So, okay, we did an episode on El Topo before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we talked ad nauseum about that. And we probably could have talked about that for much longer. But so the lineage here, how, the, how we even got the Holy Mountain, like how this even happened is like uh, the Beatles, <laughs> like George Harrison, I think, was like a huge fan of of El Topo, and was like, "Shit, I gotta, I gotta give some money to this man to make more movies." But then things got super fucky wucky real quick when they gave money to Jodorowsky. He made the movie; it was released theatrically, but then it had like a really fucky long home video problem release where it was like a rare movie for the longest time, and it was like this holy grail of psychedelia mm-hmm. um, because the Beatles rights were all tangled up and fucked up. So then the Beatles rights got released and so did the Holy mountain. And now we can watch it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. How, how this goes, how things can be lost and then found again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought it was nice. So <clears throat> this is how we end up here, but it's important to note that like Yadorowski is like a weird kind of cinematic voice in that he didn't really do all that much. Mm. He only did a couple of things. Yeah. And the couple of things that he did were so grand in scale, but also he, he doesn't have much of a cinematic eye, but he does have an eye for detail and dimensionality. Yeah. Well, he treats cinema like, like theater more so than most directors. Right. It's mostly wide shots. Yeah. And our our ups, upstairs neighbors are have decided to reorganize their everything whole about apartment, their apartment today. So sorry if you can hear that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so uh, like, Dodorowsky has an eye for dimensionality. Like, mm-hmm. I think the the best thing about the Holy Mountain, kind of, especially okay. The important thing to note is that we have watched this movie on LSD twice. Yes. Um, and that is a wildly different experience. Mm-hmm. The reason it's a wildly different experience is because, like, every single bit of detail in the movie suddenly comes into a kind of stark, almost impossible uh, synchronicity. Right. right. So, like, at the beginning of the movie, the title sequence is a title sequence, yes, but it's actually like the movie is syncing you and your drug up with it and you're like get ready and so it's like here's some weird magic tricks and it shows you like big portraits of eyes and you're like ah and there's like a big room and there's like so the movie opens with Jodorowsky dressed in black and he's like a death figure taking these people uh you know taking from them their their cosmetics and their appearance and their hair and everything and then leaving them nothing Mm -hmm. just nothingness and um the image at the beginning of the movie comes across very haunting like the movie starts off and it's very like scary mysticism it's like what is this and what am i supposed to be getting out of this and i think that yodorowsky understands that mysticism has a strange kind of allure but it it also has a strange esotericness so Mm -hmm. he was like okay we're gonna start this movie off in the way that life itself is very esoteric like it's you have to get come to grips with the movie for a minute and go okay like this is clearly going to be um difficult (laughs) right uh and i don't necessarily like at the beginning of the movie it doesn't outright say that he's depicting death you're just seeing something Mm -hmm. and in seeing something unrelated to its context it, it kind of throws you off and puts you into this weird, like, okay, this is very much pronounced psychedelia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it requires that the viewer is very intelligent, but not like, I don't think that, I don't think the movie is like super smarty pants. I don't think the movie thinks it's smarter than you. I think it treats everything very straightforward and direct. Like it tells you exactly what it thinks whenever it thinks it. But at the same time, it has this kind of elusive 
quality for the first bit of it where you're like, I don't understand like what this is going to be. It feels very Eastern, right? which is interesting because it's Chilean, mm-hmm. but it feels very Eastern in the sense that for Western eyes, it's like, Ooh, esoteric religion that I don't understand because I was raised Protestant or Catholic or fucking whatever, you know? So the movie ultimately has a lot to talk about in Catholicism, but it also is very Eastern and it's also very psychedelic and it's very like dimensional. It, it, it pulls at your, your senses in a very specific way. Um, so when you watch it on LSD, like, the whole thing is like, it's almost comfortable because it, Yodorovsky is like, hello, the world is shit. Let me show you. Now, let me fix it for you. Let's mm-hmm. fix it together. And and you're like, oh, thank you. And then like when it's over, you genuinely feel like, okay, I'm better now. Right. And so <clears throat> this gets into the whole like, does Yodorovsky have like some kind of such an artistic bent to him that he has like uh auteur status of some kind uh in that we need to like value him in that way or does it make more sense to look at him as kind of like a figure of of therapy almost <laughs> he, he made a movie that's just therapeutic you watch it it's like here is everything you've always thought about reality but never wanted to say um for fear of social rejection but it all, it is all true, and it is uh, all being said back to you. So it's like every doubt you could have ever had about your organizational religion is in the movie mm-hmm. itself. Right. <laughs> so I think that gets into your experience of it because your your primary experience of it was having never watched it and then being put in to like watching it on LSD, but also like a lot of the things I think in the movie were things that you were thinking about religion already, mm-hmm. but then were depicted and you went, yes, correct. Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so something that, 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 that I really like about the, the movie is, is in the, at the start of the movie, there's this a very, very intense deconstruction of religion where, it's just Yodorovsky just going after religion. But then as the movie progresses and as you get to the, through the, like the third act, there's this almost reconstruction of it. Uh, it's definitely more like spiritualist and on this like spiritualist bent, but this is like reconstruction of faith that the characters themselves go through. Right. Um, and so, and, and so I think that's like, and, and so, yeah, one of the big and like enlightening things that I've taken from the Holy Mountain is the importance of reconstruction, mm-hmm. like post deconstruction, right? Because it never like you can be as deconstructionist as you want once you tear every everything down, like like having having just a barren wasteland of ideals isn't helpful either. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and and so I think of ironically YouTube. When I talk about this, when mm-hmm. you're talking about this, because it's like, that's very much the the thing where it's like, it's a bunch of deconstruction and that's kind of it. Or it's right. like fake positivity. Yeah. Right. But there is no real reconstruction on the internet. Right. Like there's not a lot of it being done. Like here is how you go from point A to point B. Uh, it's more like point A sucks dick. Fuck you. <laughs> or point B, I'm there. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you how to get there. But I am going to tell you that, like, it exists and I'm there, you know, which is kind of dickish. Um, right. <laughs> but alas. <laughs> so, like, this movie takes the the time and effort to go, okay, I know we can make a bunch of jokes about religion, and we're going to, and society, but also um, we're going to genuinely deconstruct religion and its problem which is turning people into basically a christian symbol themselves you know wanting them to martyr themselves for the faith but realizing that faith is a grift in a lot of capacities and so that means that your martyrdom therefore is a capitalist grift ah this sucks i don't want to be in i don't want to do this anymore what am i alive for what the fuck is the point um 
and then reconstruction mm-hmm. and and the movie like takes the the time and effort to take things apart for two thirds of it and then give you one third of it where it just gives you everything back. Yeah. And most people only like the first two thirds of it uh, more than the last third because of the reasoning of like, Oh, I love it when he's tearing down religion and society. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, no, it's fun when he's doing that. And it is true. Everything he's saying. And I do think that it's profound to see society genuinely deconstructed. Right. But I think that it's an absolute failure of anybody. And I've seen this in so many people talking about this to not mention the fact that this movie genuinely tries to reconstruct your soul and tell you the answers. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so it's um the movie it took me three times watching this movie to true to, to to reach a point where I was like, okay, I think I understand it now. Like I think I I I at least understand the surface level of the entire movie. Because like mm-hmm. the first time I watched it, I only really remembered the first uh like the first third. And the second right. time I watched it, I really locked in the second third. And then the third time I watched it, I really just like locked in like like the last bit. Right. And so I, th- I think if there's any critique I could have of the movie is is by the first third of the movie, you're, he's given you so much information that you're, you're trying to process it as the movie continues. And then you kind of lose out on a lot of what he's trying to tell you through the second and the third act. Yeah. So it's kind of a movie that, that necessitates multiple watchings of it. Right. I'm just like all those other movies, like El Topo, it, like you kind of have to watch it a couple times to like get it well and i think it's because we're you know is it a problem with the movie or is it a problem with us Mm -hmm. and i think it's we're so conditioned to watch things that are like um my art gallery right yeah you know we're so conditioned to watch things that are just like here's the product for this year you Mm -hmm. know because that's been our life since like the 90s it's just the movie that come out on saturday go see it you know right uh and just every dependably every Thursday night there was a new movie so go see it and mm-hmm. you know and it was always a product pretty much always and it was never enlightening and so the majority of the film that I have experienced in my life was not enlightening at all like it didn't teach me anything it didn't mm-hmm. reconstruct anything didn't deconstruct anything it didn't bring anything up it just had themes and having themes is is the equivalent of being like oh it's about love and it's like, well, what the fuck about love? Like, right. what about it? Love mm-hmm. in its in and of itself is is a web of things to talk about. In the mm-hmm. same way that religion, in and of itself, is a web of things to talk about. So most things only ever touch you from the from the like modernist perspective, right? So they're like, if they're going to deconstruct religion, they're going to do it from inside religion, and they're going to ultimately accept religion at the end you know think the devils as much as i love the devils like the devils is questioning established religion but at the end of the day it's not saying that religion itself is like the root of evil and it doesn't explain to you the audience member why that's true right it's just kind of like here is what happens when x thing meets x thing politically all that right you know and so that can be left-leaning but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's meta-modernist mm-hmm. and so i think that <clears throat> the holy mountain is very meta-modernist in that it it takes a look at society and it goes i'm going to demonstrate it to you but i'm not going to demonstrate it to you from inside it but from outside it right. and like that's the great thing about the scene where he's looking at all the tarot cards in the giant room because it was like here's how we're going to look at society from outside of society. Mm-hmm. And then when we re-enter society, we will only ever see society in this way. It's very much like the Matrix. Right. <laughs> in that way, ironically. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Matrix also has a lot of things in common with the Holy Mountain. Like there's a Morpheus, you know, and there's like a there's like Maya and Samsara kind of imagery. And there's this very <laughs> Eastern, but also it's very Western. And also right. it's very uh, also, Christian. Uh, but there, There's an analogy for Christ in both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's almost like those uh, those trans women like this movie too. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's it's a good one uh, for that reason. But I think 
I think more than more than anything, like this is one of those movies that you, Neo, having grown up where you grew up, would have just genuinely never encountered this. Right. Like this would have never found its way to you. No. Um and somehow it has. <laughs> right. And it's and it's one of those things that it's like, um, do I was asking this question the other night. It's like, do you genuinely believe that film, a film, can change your life? Like, mm-hmm. can it fix you? <laughs> and there are, there are movies in my life, I believe, that have or do. And, like, this is kind of one of them. Right. Well, and I think that, like, more more so than, like, you watch it and, like, it changes your life. I think films, for at least for me, have, have always been good at, like, at nudging me toward like in the right direction right so like when i was a kid like most of most of my growing up and into being a young adult i was kind of like an edgy right-wing shitheel mm-hmm. um just because like the circumstances i was surrounded with right and not even because of my parents because i was like and just because of like circumstances and like one of the first movies that like started nudging me away from that was uh canadian bacon which is directed by Michael fucking Moore. Yeah, uh, and uh, what, what's Bacon? What's his first name? Um, is it? Oh, are you John Candy? John Candy, that's it. Uh, it's like John Candy's last movie too. Right. Yeah. So well, and and so it's it's like a leftist anti-government anti-culture movie, and that I was like I was like wow I I agree with like all of this. Like, I agree with this shit, not realizing that it was just left wing propaganda. Right. Um, but yeah. And so I think that like, there's a couple other films in my life that have like, just kind of nudged me or like, like sometimes it's like, you know, I watched American sniper and I was like, wow, that like, I don't, I don't like that bit. So I'm going <laughs> to, that's, that's going to push me away from that. Like that's, this is dumb. Right. This Didn't is, work out for you there. Yeah. Well, so, but, but it's like experimental cinema is genuinely not for everyone, but at the same time, like, um, is this that experimental? I guess it is the experiment being that, but I think that experimental asks the question that the thing needs to have an experiment in there and this needs to be some kind of new and exciting idea and this needs to change something. Um, and I don't know the Holy mountain is a document, right? You know, it's, it's film as art true, but, um, it's, it's just like, it's a movie that demonstrates itself. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I know that it does that in an abstract way. And I guess that makes it experimental, but I don't think that anything that's all that abstract. If you've ever looked at Chilean or, or Mexican surrealist painting, mm-hmm. this is really not that different. <laughs> it's really not that different. Yeah. And so, and if you've ever looked at the tarot, especially in Mexico, this is not that different. As a matter right. of fact, it's literally depicting the tarot. Like it's literally depicting the tarot. We mm-hmm. got a comment about that on the last episode. Where yeah. People were talking about that, but that is true. It's like very literally depicting the tarot. Right. Well, and also speaking of comments we got in the last episode, I, I, I really like that we can like respond to these comments. In this oh form. yes. As do I, uh, where someone pointed out that while the film was being made, there were all these like student protests in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and like a lot of police violence towards the students. So Jodorowsky actually got warned by the Mexican government to watch the police violent like content in the Holy mountain. So that's why so much of it, as we mentioned earlier in the last episode is like surreal. And, and instead of like the police hitting people and there's like blood, they they like shoot someone and like a bird flies out and there's, it's not actually a gratuitous depiction of like violence. But it, it so is some of the abstraction like in and of itself is like it needed to be there just for the social purposes. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. So the government didn't burn the film. That's really fucking funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, let's let's do an ad break. Yes. All right. I'd like to thank Machine Age Productions and their RPG hashtag I Hunt. Uh, it's economic horror about hunting monsters in the gig economy where eviction is scarier than Dracula. It's Buffy meets Uber. Go play it. Go buy it. Go enjoy it. Find a gaggle of friends and hunt monsters together. 
with drinks. With drinks. The, that's that's important. Yeah. And by drinks, I mean coffee. Coffee's good. I like coffee. Or alcohol. What? If you're if you're over 21 or if you're in the same or not sane, but if you're in if a you're European s- country over <laughs> 18 or 16 depending on where you are. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. This is sounding better every so minute. If you're if you're 17 and you want to drink while playing hash, <laughs> hashtag drink. I, hunt. I hunt. Go to Germany and drink some German beers <laughs> legally. Right. There you go. And and all you need to and do. we've just lost that sponsor. So that's great. <laughs> uh, all right. So <laughs> I'm entirely joking. We love you, Olivia. Don't. Anyway. So. Uh, Blood Thing is a, a show uh, that is on YouTube. We have a link uh, somewhere. And, and it's kind of this like a uh, phantasmagorical kind of very, it feels very Cartoon Network to me. Uh, but the animation is really uh, intense and creative for like kind of like low budget animation stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really neat. And it doesn't have an awful lot of subscribers, but it's really super cool. And you need to check it out. It's like really, really great. So oh. what? Oh, pump that number up. Yeah, go pump go that subscribe. fucking number up. Yeah, go subscribe to Blood Thing. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a link. Yeah. You can click it. Click it with your little fingy. Or your mouse. Or your mouse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, and we we really, 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 really want to thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash excrement. Uh, thank you so much, y'all. Yeah. Holy crap. We're, what, over 200 bucks? We're talking about, so, for context... We live in Texas, and we hate it. <laughs> we've been talking about moving, uh, and it's expensive. Uh, so we've just been kind of working our asses off around here, just trying to make some savings so we can get the fuck out of the South. Yeah. And uh, honestly, any support you've got is super helpful. And Neo does this podcast all by himself uh, in the midst of doing a full-time job and all this other stuff that he does and oh boy wouldn't it be nice if this was his full-time job yeah you know that would be great but instead of (laughs) instead of what what you do now which fucking sucks so please go give neo at least two bucks over at uh patreon.com slash excrement also we are still taking sponsors like we're doing like we're gonna do like a five minute block right here probably yeah. in the in the in the episodes we we got a couple we got room for a couple more yeah. we can just switch out like <laughs> patreon plugs for sponsors yeah yeah exactly so uh yeah pop in there and throw us a little bone uh and we will be very 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 happy yeah happy 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 all right back to the show Drink it, 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 drink it. So actually, I wanted to talk about that scene where I I have a couple of like scenes in the movie that I really like, but one of the scenes that 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 immediately like the first time I was like, holy shit, this movie is like speaking directly to me, and I I am on I'm on the same brain like brainwave length as Jodorowsky yeah is is the scene where the main character the thief wakes up and he's in a yam storage facility and it is filled with like effigies of himself mm-hmm. or as like Christ and he just freaks out and starts destroying them um, because they're gonna sell these effigies of himself right and it's like just for for the like the longest time my my just one of my biggest frustrations with religion is the prevalence of like capitalism and faith. And, yeah. And there's a song by nothing more called Christ on copyright. It's mm-hmm. also about it where it's like, we, it's, it's just, it's the, it, it's crazy to me that a, that a hippie from the desert whose whole principle was like, literally burn your money like give your money to the poor like give your like buy buy poor people clothes buy them food like like provide housing for everybody like when 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 a wealthy guy asked jesus how to get into heaven he literally said you cannot do it with if you're rich burn your money like like give your give everything you have away and that's how you can get into heaven yeah. Like and, and and he said it's easier it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. Right. And so it's like it's like how did like how did how did how did it go from that to fucking Joel Osteen 
and like Kenneth Copeland. Christ for sale. And Christ for sale. Those fucking cunts. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so what happens? Well, the Bible is rotting with worms coming out of it because yeah. of it. The word of God itself rots because yeah. it's it's forgotten. Yeah. And like the Pope itself is so in bed with it at this at the with the effigy at this point that they're never going to fucking change. No. So what do you do as a young Christ? I so I, I don't like to talk up my my own music or my lyrics like i don't really talk about it but uh, i wrote this song called bible school mm-hmm. and in it there's a line where it's like uh we used to be in bible school but now we're in the bible and i think that that it kind of like exudes this this mm-hmm. this concept right. where it's like when do we realize that we currently are doing the bible like we're doing it now mm-hmm. because it it's a thing that happened but now there's a now and so it's like what is the now? What mm-hmm. do we do now? Right. Why do we... So, of course, the word of God is rotting. It will always rot. It is aging. Mm-hmm. Where's the now? What's the now? And, right. And that's what this movie is so fucking concerned with. Because it's like, look at all the shit that you, while being inundated with capitalist bullshit, have not noticed that literally all of these people have fucked over all of society and have completely blew it, like lost the plot entirely. Um, we don't know why we're alive and no one cares anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and so it's, it is very literally like, why is there a capitalist v- v- fucking religion? Right. Uh, and, and, and why is it a religion that, that says it is a sin to charge interest? Right. And why is it a religion that says it is, it is, impossible to get into heaven if you're if you're a rich man yeah or woman or you know yeah, like just don't it, fucking like help people because you want to help them don't make money off it's people. like the church after christ was they like they talk about like pulling every ever like the entire church's resources together and like giving it out based on need and like right. there's like hyper communal like if if one of us suffers, we all suffer. Like yeah, like even sharing furniture. Like like here here here's like the group's furniture. Right. Like, and so it just goes from that to this like hyper individualistic like hey if you want to get into heaven pay me. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah ah it it drives me up a fucking wall. I wanna I wanna go do arson like. Yeah, it's fucking it's really bad and and so, what do what does a religious person or someone who, because, okay, I think it's very natural and normal for any human being born on earth to seek some form of enlightenment, which mm-hmm. isn't to say religion, but it's to say that I want to know what the deal is, right? <laughs> you know? And, and like, I don't want to be an ignorant fuck. Like I'm tired of being an ignorant fuck. And I know you're tired of being an ignorant fuck. And I'm tired of other people being ignorant fucks too. It's very easy to not be an ignorant fuck. And like, Yodorowsky is just like, I too am tired of being an ignorant fuck. I'm going to help everybody stop being an ignorant fuck immediately. Mm-hmm. And and like he made a movie where he just stops you from being an ignorant fuck. And if you watch it, you just can't say you're fucking ignorant. And mm-hmm. you, you can't be ignorant about shit anymore because it tells you the answers. Right. <laughs> it's like literally like, here, here's the answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit and and like people talk about how it's like it's almost abstract to a fault where they're like i don't understand and it's like okay i understand that you want a movie that jerks you off but this one is going to uh to to make you hate yourself and then and, and if you don't then you failed yeah well it, it makes you hate yourself and then it, and then it and then it walks you through that and then helps you build yourself back up mm-hmm. well and like there's very literally a line in it where it's like you are excrement. You can turn yourself into gold. And it's he—it's almost like he's literally talking to the audience here where he's saying, guys, look, you know, we can all do drugs and, and have fun or we can use this time right now to observe our Maya, you know. And so what that, that is to mean is like the, the general illusion of mm-hmm. reality. How does this all manifest? Right. Um, and how are we going to change it? <clears throat> and so coming away from the Holy Mountain, like, or, or whatever is, is, 
it's almost like approaching a version of nihilism and then realizing that that's great Mm -hmm. and and you have to it's strange but so the movie doesn't walk you out of religion but it walks you out of capitalist religion and it definitely walks you out of the indoctrination you've probably experienced. Like it can, it can, it can make you remember the plot. Right. It can. That's what this movie does. It just it says hi. This is what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. It's. It's it's just really fucking good in that way. So do you have any other scenes you want to talk about? Uh well I, I talked about I talked about one I have a, I have one or two more is there any, is are there any no, scenes you want to talk about I've been going off go ahead yeah well so then so then I guess the other like religious scene that I really like there's a scene where um it's kind of like right before they they start the journey to the holy mountain where the the thief or like the Christ like figure has achieved some degree of like knowledge and enlightenment like enough to to set off on the holy mountain journey mm-hmm. and um. And and right before they get on the boat to go to go to the holy mountain, there's all these like starving kids, and so he like prays and then reaches into his bag to like feed the, the starving children, kind of right. analogous to to Christ feeding the five thousand. And the alchemist comes and like smacks him on the back of the head and is like, "You want to? It's like, do you want to perform miracles like the Christ? This is what'll happen." And then it's like it, it's showing all these kids like like receiving a bounty of bread and it consuming them and it like ultimately destroying them and they're and it's driving it's driving them mad because they're trying to get more and more and more right and it's like until you can kill the aspect of human human attachment mm-hmm. like people not realizing that they can just take what they need right well well in more so than that it's like it's it's this lesson of of it's like you know I like Christians should seek to imitate Christ, but they're not, you know, Christ. But they like, shouldn't imu- like be, because yeah, his, because his miracle behavior. <laughs> because you know it, he fucking died on a cross to because because of it. Like, you right? Know, it's 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 vanity to 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 assume that, and it's in in this like arrogant vanity shouldn't play a part in like in your religion, in right. your faith. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like, I, do, I, I think this movie is probably anarchist more than it's anything else. Mm-hmm. It seems to just kind of be like a no gods, no masters kind of vibe. Right. But it also kind of feels very, like, Eastern. It's like talking about kind of Buddhist ideas a lot of the movie, even though it doesn't directly say that. Right. It is talking about Buddhist ideas. And then simultaneously it's talking about Catholicism. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's married a bunch of these ideas and it's trying to explore them all in simul in a simultaneous nature. And in, in such a strange way, they kind of, um, I think that this movie is the only movie that's not trying to be a fucking movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is weird to say, that it's not trying to be a fucking movie. But like I was watching Mulholland Drive the other day, which we're probably going to do a podcast about. And um, we, that movie is such a movie. Right. You know, it's great and it's enlightening and it's, it's one of the most important movies. It's my favorite movie of all time, but it's still very drama, like drama syntax, like cinema syntax. Like Mm -hmm. um, this is not that. And it's funny because we just watched Santa Sangre, which is Jodorowsky's follow-up movie from the 80s. And that movie is more dramatically focused. So Mm. that movie, it's all like human drama. It's not this like kind of everything is abstract. There are no characters really. It's more just like archetypes Mm -hmm. and like trying to explore people as ideas instead of people as like people. Um, But Santa Sangre, it's more just like exploring the people as themselves. which is strange for Jodorowsky. So it's like he, he, he kind of 
warped and changed his surrealist bent. He does the same thing in his later movies, like the dance of reality and endless poetry, where he's more talking about his father uh, and he's talking about himself and like his personal journey Mm -hmm. to get to where he was, how, how he even became like this. Cause I guess everybody asked him how, uh, why are you like this? (laughs) And (laughs) so he's like, well, I, one time I got sick and my mother peed on me, you know, that's something (laughs) in the dance of reality. Uh, I don't know. Right. I don't know why that's in there. Anyway, so my point is that, like, yes, his stuff is still abstract, but in in his like later work, he 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 started to borrow from dramatic syntax a lot more. But in El Topo and in the Holy Mountain, there is no dramatic syntax. <laughs> like, it does not play by that rule at all. Right. And that means that these movies have more in common with like nonfiction than they do fiction even though this is fiction and it's it's literally like it's just non-dramatic fiction like what is that mm-hmm. what the fuck is that non-dramatic <laughs> fiction right like uh i can't even think of other non-dramatic fiction mm-hmm. like because i feel like the main focus of film is often drama but this one's like no right we're 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 digging into you like yeah this is about you mm-hmm. like so it's just a big call out post of the movie more than anything <laughs> yeah so especially if you have any sort of like uh religious predilection or you were raised religious like and and you you yourself have a lot of questions about like what's going on we haven't even talked about the political the political aspect of this we've mostly just been talking about religious stuff but there's also this like whole political thing where it's like you know it 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 acknowledges that war is a grift and acknowledges that like beauty is a grift and that landlords and and property and like what we've done to earth and what we've done to art and like every aspect of humanity has been grifted into fucking oblivion. And how we even, even to the extent of like what toys we give our kids is, yeah. is a grift to, to and we indoctrinate are, them. We are like either too stupid to realize it or we are on the side of doing it. And that's the thing that you realize, like I find in like on right wing Twitter, right? Like right wingers on Twitter will tweet the stupidest shit. But the funny thing is they often will tweet the stupidest shit. So they'll say like on one hand, they'll be like, this is stupid. They'll say something very, very stupid. Or they'll say something like this is different than what I believe society is supposed to be. Why isn't this reinforcing my belief that society is supposed to be like this? It's like that one time that the shitty fucking libertarians are like, the Republican Party isn't doing anything for you. We will. The things that we're going to do are, number one, repeal the Civil Rights Act. Yeah, it's Jesus fuck. Oh, you stupid fucks. Right, exactly. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Maybe let's not. Let's keep that one, y'all. Exactly. Yeah, so I don't fucking know. I I think that I think that politically the movie is is like one of the only movies that will tell you that even itself is a fuck and a lie and a grift. Like, you know, it's like even itself, it will say it, it it's of itself like, "Hi, I am a movie." Yeah. Like imagine that breaking yeah. the illusion in such a radical way. It's 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 like that the the end credit scene of the one Deadpool movie where he's like movie's over go home oh that's that reference to Ferris Bueller I don't know if you've seen that no but, actually yeah. I haven't okay well that's anyway well the, but the, but the people have done meta shit forever but it's fucked up and weird how this one's like listen uh, every industry on the planet is fucking evil. The only thing that's good to do is independent. But also notice here that I am not independent. I have like a fuckload of people helping me make yeah. this movie. So this was not just a me thing. Yeah. And well, yeah. Well, and so and so we were talking about the differences between Jodorowsky and David Lynch. And I think one of the big things is they both they both look at the underside of reality. Like they both like if it's like a band-aid, they both lift the band-aid up and look at the festering, rotting wound. Mm-hmm. Of, of of our like society, right? But where whereas David Lynch is all about how how that will isolate you and drive you to madness, 
Right. Um, Jodorowsky is all about, it's like you look at the festering wound and you, 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 you understand, you understand it and you understand the underbelly of reality. But then the solution to that is, is, is communal and dealing with it at, with, with a group of people communally. Right. And that's something that I, that I, <laughs> that I, that I really like and appreciate. Right. Um, so let's, I think this is great. I think this is the correct way to take this. What have we fucking learned? What have we learned today? Like, what has everybody learned? Yeah. Mutualism, right? Yeah. I think mutualism is a thing. Uh, one of the things we learned, and we still chant this all the time, is we are the sacred dog in search of the sacred water, in, <laughs> in search of the sacred flower, you know? Yeah. Like, we are the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a radical idea to me uh, when I first saw it. The idea that it's not you are a dog, but we. Yeah. We. So who is we? Well, it's whoever the fuck you decide. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you found family is like such a thing. And found family and mutual and in a mutual equality situation can just do anything. And that's amazing. That's the way to live. Right. That's the way to live in a mutual kind of cohabitational setting. Mm-hmm. Where you have a lot of voices, but also none. Right. You know what I mean? But, but also one. Well, and also unified. you like, in, in that mutualism, you create your own like microculture. Exactly. That, <laughs> that. And with no leaders and no gods and no masters, it's just like, you know, everybody helps everybody. And, and there is no attachment mm-hmm. to, to, to anything. You know, it's not like about attaching yourself to, to personal belongings and shit. It's just about living. Right, and well, and, and so there, there, there's a scene in in the Holy Mountain where Joe Rossi's character, the alchemist, is like teaching teaching the the characters, and they're all fucking high on ayahuasca, and they're all like sitting together, and he's like, he's like the 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 grave is your first mother, like your like body is lose, alone, your body is alone from the earth, like lose your attachment to your body. Like it'll, it, you know, it you, will only bring you pain. Yeah. Or not only your body, but he's like attachment will only bring you pain. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, if, if, if like you're radically attached to like, I don't know, anything, then, then that, that creates the opportunity for pain because like everything, everything will decay and wither. Right. Well, and, and this and, isn't to say be one of those assholes who's all detached and shit. Right. It's about, understanding that loving things is not about being attached to them. Mm-hmm. It's about loving them. It's a, it's a gift. Love is a gift. You mm-hmm. give the world. It's not something you get in return. I mean, if, if it's something you get, that's a, that's a bonus, but it's a gift. You give more than anything. Right. And like life itself doesn't have to have all of these like really dog shit, <laughs> like gatekeepers. But we all think that we need them. Mm-hmm. We all think we need them. We all rely on these people. Why? Why do we rely on them? Do we really need to? And that's not to say that you need to go off and make your commune now. But maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and you don't need. Well, and like, maybe it's time. Yeah. Because the government isn't going to help you. And the beauty industry isn't going to help you. And war is coming. And. <laughs> Fucking drugs are drugs, which are it, drugs are great, but they only take you so far, and you have to do the rest of the work. Right. So what are you gonna do? What are you going to do? Right. Because the world's not gonna change for you. <laughs> reality will not change for you. Mm-hmm. You have to change your reality, and if you don't like it, change it. Right. If you don't like working for for pennies, so you can pay your landlord. Find a new place to live, you know, away from this, mm-hmm. you know, M- meet people that are mutualists. Yeah. And it's not, it's not easy. Like we're not, we're not trying to say, I'm it's, definitely it's like not saying it's easy, easy, but I'm saying simple. it's worth it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's worth it. And I'm, I think that we live in a world where <clears throat> the privileged are given all the answers, but the poor aren't. Right. The poor are never given the answers. Nobody knows what to do when you're handed nothing. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? You have to make do and figure it out. And I think that the thing we're realizing now is here is the, the answer to poverty. You know, here is the answer of not being one of those fucking assholes. 
Because if you're not one of those fucking assholes, then you're not going to live like one. So you might as well uh, uh, accept that you're going to need to have some friends and not try to make it on your own. It's that Beach Boys song. I know there's an answer. Right. I know so many people that live their life alone, and it's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's not to say get some fucking roommates, but that is to say, like, why not? You know, like, try to try to do some teamwork shit. It's good for you. Right. <laughs> Be a sacred dog in search of the <laughs> flower. Stop looking for money. You know, fucking fuck money. There's more to life than money. Yeah. Burn it. Burn, Burn your, your money. fucking money. Like, there there are easier ways to live than this. And it sucks that we have to do that, that we have to figure that out, and we have to make that happen. But thank God that somebody in the world made a movie where I can watch it, and it can be like, hi, here's what you should do. Uh-huh. And yes, I mean, there's, I think the first half of the movie is super individualistic. Like, it's very much about, like, stand on your own, manifest your dreams, manifest your soul. Who are you as an individual? Right. But then the second half of it is like, but accept that that individualistic nature will die and you do need others, mm-hmm. regardless of what you say. As much as you, so, so you can say, I need others. But it's not like a, I'm baby, I need others, or I'm going to die. It's, I can stand on my own. I have my own soul. I have my own desires and my own dreams. However, I can mutually help my mm-hmm. fellow man who can help me. Right. And that's just a good way to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, I was, I was earlier today shitposting about the IWW on uh-huh. Discord. And it's like, yeah. The reason we have a weekend is because the IWW bought a bunch of coal miners rifles and they shot at the National Guard until everyone got weakened. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, we've got a thing going on right now where nobody, nobody, quote unquote, understand, quote unquote, nobody wants to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, nobody wants to fucking work. Nobody's ever wanted to work. Yeah. Ever in yeah. the history of humanity. And also consider how often people are working too hard for shit they don't need to work hard on because it doesn't actually help humanity. It doesn't yeah. change anything. It doesn't build anything. Well, I, I slaved away for fucking years and years and years as the manager of a Hot Topic for $9 an hour. Insane. Why did I do this? I was paid pennies for way too hard of work for a capitalist gain that had nothing to do with me. Well, I saw this post on Reddit. Uh, I think it was on like the anti-work subreddit. Where it was someone was like, yeah, I work for this like law firm and, and I, they want me to do this job. And I thought this is kind of bullshit. So he wrote like, he wrote a couple lines of like code to like automate it. Mm -hmm. So he just, instead of working for like 40 hours a week, he just, he like plays on his Xbox and then he would like just go at the end of the day, like make sure the program didn't fuck up and did everything right. And he was like, yeah. And I get paid like $90,000 a year. And then, and it's like even in the anti-work subreddit, people were like up in arms about how he was cheating his employers, and it's like, no, fuck you. It's fuck like he doesn't, employers. He, doesn't, he doesn't need to do that work. Like it's getting done, right? You know the what? idea is that we pay you to get this work done. Yeah, it doesn't matter where it comes from, but but I don't know. It's just like I understand that the world needs to be fed, and that there are there's essentials in there. Yeah, but there's also non-essentials in there. And those well, non-essentials have been like this weird late capitalist horseshit that we've all been uh, like economically gaslit into believing we need to participate in when we don't. Yeah, it's this is this like American obsession. <laughs> Not American, it's like Western obsession with like consumerism. Yeah. That that's like it's like we need to lose our our need to consume. Well, and it's purchasing attachments, and then these people are so fucking terrified of death because of the sunken cost fallacy <laughs> because they've bought so much shit. They're like, oh, God, if I die, what am I going to do with all my shit? So they're terrified of the possibility of losing their shit, so they go to churches to seek answers from people who are not theologians, but instead capitalists who encourage them to do more capitalism with it. Yeah, Give it to the church. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And be unburdened. <laughs> be unburdened by your bullshit. Right. And it's like, man, what a fucking world. Yeah. That's all I got to say, I guess, yeah. about it. Well, in, 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 for every reason, that reminded me of like a, of a, of a bit in the Bible where, <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where one of the disciples, Jesus rolled up on him. 
and this guy's like, "Hey, can I can I be your disciple?" And he's like plowing his field, and Jesus is like, "Yeah, like 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 just just come with me." And he's like, "Well, I gotta go get like pack my stuff," and Jesus is like, "You don't know if you there's pack, no stuff like like, like yeah. if you pack your stuff, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, like if you go home to pack, I'm I'm just gonna walk away. Right? Like it's like it's like you fuck your possessions. Like right? We we don't need those where we're going. Right? And so I don't know. So it's it's like just." And, 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 and like all that being said, it's like, it's like, I'm not saying don't like get things for yourself or like get nice, nice things. And and even like a lot of the problems with consumerism isn't like, isn't, isn't people making like, like a little money buying things. It's people, it's like fucking Jeff Bezos building a custom like gazillion dollar yacht and shit. Mm, right. Exactly. And it's like people having three vacation houses and then scoffing at homeless people. Right, you know, it's people having like having four cars and a heated garage, and it's like, oh, come on, like, <laughs> right, yeah, it's insane. It's yeah. just, it's not the way to live, and and it's like it's poisoned America, and now it's we're poisoned <laughs> the planet. <laughs> it's poisoned the planet, but it's definitely poisoned America. But there was something that about a month ago, you were kind of like fiddling around with going to church. You were trying, and and you came to me, and you were like, yeah, I don't know. I want to, I want this to be good, but it's not Mm -hmm. like you go and you talk and you listen, but they're not theologians. They don't know shit about shit. You know more, (laughs) you know more than they do at the church because Mm -hmm. the church is weirdly like a fucking operation to try to get money out of people. I don't even understand. Right. It is dumb because like, what do you need it for? I understand the concept of church as a meeting house for a group of people to make sure that mutualism perpetuates itself. I understand a, a, a house of worship as a community leadership location. That's what the black community does with it. Mm-hmm. They go to the fucking community and they work on their community together in a mutualist way. Mm-hmm. It's not what white people do. They go there to scheme about how to get a fucking racist elected. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, that's well, what they I, do at church. And <laughs> in, in, in one of the churches I used to go to when I was when I was a younger man, uh, this guy came in, and it was during the first big like Bitcoin yeah. jump. God, and he fucking comes in, and he's like, hey, "Yeah, I've started this thing that's like showing churches how to like raise funds using cryptocurrencies and bitcoins." And I'm trying to get people here involved in it. And I went to the pastor, and I was like, "Don't fucking listen to this guy. He's going to fuck you. <laughs> like, he's yeah. going to scam." the shit out of you like it's it's, it's like, like you will not like there, believe my man there is no such thing as free money yeah like it's like it's like what's it's like it's it's rising and it's gonna crash right and you don't want to get on that train right now yeah and, well, then, and then the next week it crashed and this guy lost everything he had because he well, mortgaged his house to buy bitcoin yeah and it's like you stupid fuck well and it's like why are you gambling with the church's money yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's like, anyway so okay i think we've talked ad nauseum about both society uh and how that sucks religion and, and how that sucks <laughs> everything just everything fucking sucks and now that you know that remember that we are a podcast we're sitting at a table. Neo and I are sitting at a table. If there was a camera, we would pan back out. Yeah. And you would see us sitting here drinking coffee and talking about this in the dark. We have one light on. It's very <laughs> dark. And we're just sitting here kind of just hanging out and talking. And Neo and I have lived together for like a year now. Yeah. And uh, we also live with Ozzy. And we're all mutualists. Like we all just kind of help each other live in in our own little home here. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been our vibe. And it's been really hard. <laughs> the last couple of years have been really fucking hard. But we've had each other, and that's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I, I really want to leave off with is uh, the Holy Mountain goes in the gold pile and not the excrement pile. Yeah. Even though that does seem weirdly binary. <laughs> um, <laughs> things can be <laughs> shitty and golden. <laughs> Have you heard of a gilded turd? Um, well, we can we can we can burn. We'll that debate that later. To it. Yeah. So, but but the point is, like, remember that your friends are there to save your life, on mm-hmm. top of you saving theirs. Like that's what we all do. To be human is to save each other. Right. What do you think, Neo? 
I think that that's that that's just correct. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, it's 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 great living in 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 a mutual estate home. It is. And <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I don't have any. Give other it a takes shot. Give, Give it, it a, a shot. shot, friends. What do you think of the Holy Mountain? It's gold. I I I said at the onset of episode one, it's it's amazing. It's it's like, it's just watch it until you feel like you've got it. <laughs> is is all is all I'll say about it. Yeah, because it'll take a couple times, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's enlightening. Yeah, go go do it. Have fun well, with it. And I really don't want this to come across like we just came on here to suck Jodorowsky's dick because like. He himself is like trying to remove himself from this right. work. And so I think remember that the Holy Mountain is a representative work for humanity more than it's a representative work for Yodorowsky. So like don't don't think that the man himself is a genius. He's not. He's just a man. But that's what makes him great. That's mm-hmm. what makes him great in this instance. That's what made this particular thing great. Is because it was just so human. Right. And with yeah. that <clears throat> Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna head out, head on uh, back off the dusty trail. Yeah, we're gonna set up camp. This I think concludes season one of Your Take Is Excrement. We've done ten, uh, ten, this is eleven episodes. Yeah, so season two we're gonna do some more experimental film, and then we're also talking about maybe doing slashers. Yeah, just classic horror. Classic films. horror. Um, I would love to hear ideas. If anybody at home has ideas, please comment them. Uh, yeah, as as to what you think we should kind of maybe do a season on or a month on or something like that. Yeah. 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 All right. See y'all later. Bye.